So I wonder, are you a person that fears a lot? Are you a fearful person? My wife does not like scary movies. She doesn't even like to watch the trailers for scary movies. And so if we're at home and, you know, one comes on a commercial, then she kind of leaves the room. But the worst is when I take her to the movie theater and we watch a normal movie, but they decide that's a good idea to show like a very scary movie trailer at a completely normal movie. There's my wife in the middle of the theater with her eyes clenched shut and her hands over her ears so that she doesn't see, you know, any talking dolls or anybody's head spin around like uh, she is adamant that she's not going to have nightmares about this movie trailer you know that we just saw and so I just wonder you know what kind of things you're afraid of is it normal stuff like snakes or spiders Uh, are you afraid to sleep with like a closet door open in your room are you afraid of clowns Or, you know, in today's day and age, a lot of us maybe find ourselves more fearful. And what I mean by that is that uh, you look around at the landscape of everything happening and so it's politics that scare you or it could be uh, the, the economic situation that we find ourselves in and so maybe you're fearful about that. You know, there's so much to fear. And fear is a real thing. And the truth is, like, none of us will ever be truly fearless, you know? Like, that's, a, that's something that we talk about sometimes, or it's something that maybe it's like, oh, you know, that person is so fearless. We all fear something to some level. And, uh, and so while we may never be fearless, I think what we're gonna see in uh, what we're gonna look at today in the Bible is that there is reason for us to fear less. And that's all because of the power of Jesus. Because of the power of Jesus. You see, good news drives out fear. Good news drives out fear. I mean, just stay with me for a second, but you know, imagine this. Hey, good news, we did a scan and your cancer's gone. Good news drives out fear. Hey, good news, you got the job. Good news drives out fear. Good news, you've been accepted, classes start in the fall. Good news drives out fear. Anything that you maybe have been afraid of, anything that was keep making you anxious or keeping you up at night, good news drives that out. And so we're in this series called The Gospel, Good News for Everyone. And in it, we're talking about the good news message of hope that is delivered through Jesus And so through this entire series, we're going to be talking about what it means and and just what this good news message of hope about Jesus is all about. And so I hope that you've enjoyed it so far. You know, this is a a longer series for us that we've been in. It's uh, it's going from uh, beginning of January all the way up until Easter. And we're really just walking through the gospels, the the narrative stories of Jesus's life. And, uh, And I hope that you've enjoyed as we've been looking through the 
the life of Jesus and seeing the good news that's found in him and how that good news message is not just for us, but how it's intended for everyone. As a part of this, uh, I would love for you to consider uh, joining a life group in this season. There, there are some great life group options for you on our website. Uh, some of them that are going to be going through this gospel uh, series that you can jump into. And, uh, and so on our website, thewocc.com or out in the lobby, uh, there's a space for you to find all the different life groups that are available for you. But uh, what I want you to see and what Jesus wants you to see is he asks this, there's a story about Jesus in a storm that we're going to look at today. And Jesus in the middle of it, he poses this really intriguing question. And it's a question that I think that we're all going to have to wrestle with this morning. He asks his followers, he asks his disciples this, why are you so afraid? And I want you to think about your life. I know we were just talking about some fears. But if if you were to look in the mirror, if you were to just be real honest with yourself in this moment right now, what are some things that are making you afraid? What are some things that are causing fear in your life? Because here's what, here's what Jesus wants you to know. This is the good news that Jesus wants you to know. Jesus wants you to know that he has power over all your storms. Jesus has power over all of your storms. And that's what we're going to see in, uh, in the account that we're going to look at today in the book of Mark. And it's what I want you to know is that no matter what it is that you're dealing with, no matter what it is that you're going through, that Jesus has power in the midst of the storms. Now, when we talk about this and we're going to look at it in just a second in the book of Mark, I think we understand that in the account that we're going to look at in Mark chapter four, Jesus and his followers find themselves in a physical storm. Right. You know, uh, last night we had a thunderstorm in the middle of January. And so we're we're plenty uh, read up on storms right now. We've had enough rain for uh, a lifetime. But I think we understand that uh, while we're talking about this, the big idea, Jesus has power over all your storms. That each and every one of us. We deal with with the storms that life throw at us, right? All of us find ourselves at times going through these moments where we feel like we're out of control. We don't have any control over the situation. There's so much that's happening around us. It feels chaotic. And so we we deal with these storms from life. And so we want to look Mark chapter 4. And so if you've got your Bible, why don't you go ahead and turn there. Uh, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4 this morning. Uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, you can use uh, a Bible app on your phone. We've got free Bibles at the hub. But uh, I want to look at Mark chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 35 through 41 today as we look at Jesus calming this storm. It said, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took along, uh, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up 
and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now there's a, uh, there's a lot for us to, uh, to unpack here, but, but just off the, off the top, as we just kind of jump into this, there's a couple things that I want you to see about this uh, account of Jesus and his followers out on this boat. First thing, Jesus calms this storm by just speaking to it. Quiet, be still. And there's a bunch of different things that we're gonna see from this. Maybe it takes you back to Genesis chapter one when God created the world by doing what? Just speaking it, right? Uh, One thing to notice here is that a lot of people have done a lot of amazing things through the Bible and a lot of times when they're gonna do something, they'll call on the name of the Lord in the name of the Lord God Almighty in the name of God. Jesus doesn't call on any name. He just says, Quiet, be still. See, one of the things we recognize is that Jesus isn't calling on any power. Jesus doesn't possess power. Jesus is power. And what he's doing by calming the storm, by calming the sea, is that for his followers, he's putting himself on the level of God. See, in ancient times, the sea, the ocean, it was this enigma. It's fury, it's power. And so for ancient people, they believed truly that, uh, that while man could control a lot of different things, that it was only God who controlled the sea. Tim Keller in his book, Jesus the King, he talks about an 11th century king called King Canute. And King Canute was raising in popularity and so his constituents began to basically worship him, to see him as a deity. And so uh, he asked them, he says, am I divine? And so the story goes that he walked to the edge of the sea And he stood there and that he commanded the waves to stop. But the waves just kept coming. See, King Canute's point was, you worship me as if I'm a God, but I'm just a man. Who can control the ocean but God himself? 
Last week, if you were here with us, Nathan told the story of uh, the paralytic man and his four friends that lowered him down into the house. And the very first thing that Jesus does in that account is that Jesus forgives this man's sins. And that was this thing that kind of took everybody back because the only one who has the power, the ability to forgive sins is God alone. And so now, just days later, Jesus finds himself out in the open sea and he calms the storm. He rebukes the waves. He makes the uh, storm silent. Who has the power to do that? But God alone. And I want you to know today that it is good news for you and for me that Jesus isn't just some ordinary man, but that Jesus is God. Second thing I, I see in, in, in this is that it doesn't just calm the storm. You know, you could chalk it up as coincidence. If Jesus just happened to uh, stand up and say, be still, and the storm just kind of stopped. Well, maybe the storm was stopping anyway, right? But I don't know if you've ever been in a swimming pool uh, in the summer as a kid. Like we used to do this. I had a friend that had like one of those round swimming pools and a bunch of us guys would get into it. And so we'd start doing this thing where we would just try to see how big we could get these waves going. And so we would start running in circles in this pool to kind of get the water moving. And we'd start moving our arms up and down. And this thing, I mean, the pool's starting to shake like the, it might bust out its sides. And we would stop, and what would the water keep doing? It's gonna keep on moving, right? For minutes, that water was churned up so much. I don't know if you've ever seen a storm out on the open ocean before, but long after the storm is over, the residual effects of that storm are gonna be seen for miles and miles away. But Jesus says, calm, be still. And it says that that water went like glass. Who has the power to do that? We're not just talking about the rain and the wind stopping. We're talking about perfect storm type waves that go still. And if Jesus has that kind of power over nature, where he can do the unbelievable the things that have never been seen before. I got to ask the question, what can he do for you and for me? You see, in the middle of the storm, the disciples, it says, were afraid. When Jesus calms the storm, it says that they were terrified. See, in the middle of the storm, these guys are afraid for their life. It says that water's breaking over the boat. And so they go and find Jesus. But after Jesus stands up and speaks to the waves, 
and rebukes the sea, it says that his followers were terrified. So they're they're scared of the storm because they don't have any control over the storm and they're terrified of Jesus because they, who have been walking with Jesus for some time now, they have never seen anything like the power of Jesus that was displayed there. And they ask themselves this question, who is this? Right? See, in that moment, we've got the luxury of this hindsight. We get to read the entire story and we know that Jesus is God. But they didn't fully understand it then. But it was beginning to become more and more clear as they see the power that Jesus has. I want you to know that Jesus has power over all your storms. And saying that is one thing, but believing it is a whole nother thing. And that's what we wanna kind of get into here for just a little bit. The disciples are in the middle of this storm and they ask Jesus a question. They say, don't you care if we drown? Jesus, don't you care if we drown? They say, And maybe you've been in that situation before. Maybe you've uh, had that kind of doubt, had that kind of struggle, because I'll be honest with you that that when life storms get really loud, what I'm dealing with a lot, it's really easy for me to start to struggle or start to doubt. And maybe I ask that same question like, Jesus, don't you care if we drown? I mean, that's the most real and raw thing that we could ask, right? I mean, that's so real right there. Jesus' disciples, they're with Jesus in the boat. And and where's Jesus at? He's down in in the bottom of the boat sleeping. I mean, these men were fishermen. Storms didn't scare them. They'd seen squalls before. But in this moment, they're afraid. And they know that Jesus has some kind of authority, some kind of, you know, they've seen him do some things. And so they're like, Jesus, aren't you going to do something? Don't you care about us? And whenever life gets really hard for you, and whenever life gets really hard for me, I think we want to know the same thing. Where are you? Feels like you're sleeping in the bottom of the boat, Jesus. Don't you care that that I'm taking on water here? It feels like I'm gonna drown. I'm barely surviving. And here's the thing. It's real easy for me. And this is, I can't speak for you, but for me personally, I get caught believing a lie. And the number one lie that I get caught believing when I'm going through a storm, when life gets really, really hard, this is it. The number one lie I get caught believing is that if I'm in a storm, then God doesn't love me. If I'm going through a storm, God must not care. I mean, that's what his disciples are feeling. 
Jesus, what's the deal? Why are you making us go through this? Why, why are we in this situation? Why haven't you stopped it? And that's how we feel. I, get I know he loves me. I've read it, I've seen it, but I can get caught believing the lie that if I'm going through this storm, then it means that God doesn't love me. The book of Luke in telling this says, the disciples, it says they were in great danger. Right, we're not talking about some little thing that should be overlooked. No, no, they were in great danger. They had reason to be worried. You know, a lot of times we'll read through the New Testament and we'll feel like, oh man, if I was there, if I was the disciples, if I had, you know, if I was Peter, I wouldn't deny Jesus. If I was Thomas, I wouldn't doubt. If I was, you know, we put ourselves in these situations, we're like, oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't ask that boneheaded question. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, right? We kind of give the disciples a hard time. In this situation, I think we actually have sympathy for the disciples. I, I think we look at what's happening and we say, wow, they, they have every reason to be afraid. That's probably how I would react. Jesus, why, why are you putting their lives in danger? Don't you care about them? You feel like that Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat during your biggest storms. And they don't have to be these major things. That's the thing that I get caught, this lie that I believe. It can be, you, you get a bad result from the doctor. But I can get, slow car pulls out in front of me on my way to work. God, don't you care where you at? I'm just trying, try, trying to do something here. Flat tire, oversleep your alarm. Got a kid that, that, that's having trouble at school. Got a relationship that's failing. Somebody's not texting you back in time. You feel like you've got friendships where they're talking behind you. Like whatever, life just gets real heavy really fast. And it just, it doesn't have to be a cancer diagnosis for us to feel like that we're, we're drowning. And it doesn't have to be this life-changing thing for us to feel like, God, where are you? We get caught up in our feelings sometimes. I do. I get caught up in my feelings sometimes. And I'm just like, oh, God, is everything out to get me? Where are you? Let's revisit this real quick. I wanna look back at the, uh, the end of this, kind of what happens in Jesus's interaction with his uh, disciples. And so we're gonna look at verses 39 through 41 real quick. He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it became completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The thing that Jesus wants you to see 
The thing that Jesus wanted his disciples to see, and the thing that Jesus wants you and I to see is this truth. When you're with Jesus, you are safe. When you're with Jesus, you're safe. We kind of talked about it. His disciples had seen some, seen some things. They knew Jesus had some power. That they knew he had authority. And so his point was, I know this storm is rough and I know it feels untenable, but I want you to have faith. I want you to believe that when you're with me, that everything's gonna be okay. He's asking them, do you trust me? Because here, here's the truth. It felt like Jesus was sleeping in the bottom of the boat. It felt like he didn't care. And maybe for you, it feels like that God is far from you. Jesus is with you in our storm. Jesus is with us in our storms. He wasn't absent, he was with them. And even though in our darkest hours, it can feel like God is far from us, that is far from the truth because God is with us. One of the names for Jesus is Emmanuel. Do you know what that means? God with us. Jesus's presence is with us even in our darkest hours. When you are with Jesus, you are safe. Jesus is with us in our storm. Psalm 23 is one of my favorite psalms and uh, it's talked about and and used quite often, but I just want to look at a small section of it. You you might be familiar with it. You might've heard it before, but I want you to uh, just think about it as we think about this idea of Jesus's presence with us in our storm. Psalm 23 verse four says this, says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This was written before Jesus ever came to earth, but it was written about him. And the psalmist says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, a valley of the shadow of death. He says, I will fear no evil because you're with me. You haven't abandoned me. I want you to know that Jesus has power over all your storms. Jesus has power over all your storms. Now look, I don't want to be up here and give you false hope. The storm that you're going through may not be solved here on earth. The thing that you're dealing with may not seem like it gets better right now. But Jesus came lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, rose from the grave and returned back to heaven with a promise that he's coming again. That is the good news. 
and his promises, no matter how bad life gets here, no matter how hard the storm is, that one day we will be reunited with him. And so we have to have a perspective that says all these storms that I'm going through, they're temporary. That God has a plan, that he's not abandoned me. He's not sleeping in the bottom of the boat while I'm going through life's hardest moments. No, that he is with me. And so today, maybe you're here and, uh, and you felt far from God. Life's storms has caused you to maybe buy into a lie, a lie that I sometimes find myself believing and that's that if you're going through this difficult time, if you're going through this storm, then maybe it means that God doesn't love you. I want you to know that it's quite the opposite, that God loves you so much that he sent Jesus here to die in our place. That's how much he loves us. He sent Jesus to be with us to conquer our storms. And so if you're here and you've been feeling far from God, Jesus's first words in the book of Mark as he begins his ministry are simple. He says, repent, turn away from the thing that you were chasing after and turn back to God. Repent, he says, and believe the good news. The good news that there is hope and freedom and forgiveness in the name of Jesus. And so if that's you, if you need to do that today, man, I'd love to talk to you about what being a follower of Jesus is all about. I'd love to pray for you if you're feeling like that you need to make a turn in your life, that you felt like that God is far from you and you want to have his presence in your life. I'd love to talk to you about that. I know it's hard when we're in the middle of a storm to have the faith and the trust that you need to have. You know, imagine is that you're falling down a hill and there's one branch sticking out. Is it your trust in that branch or that branch's strength that has the potential to save you? We know that it's the power, the strength that's actually in that branch. All you need to do is have enough faith, enough trust to reach out your hand and grab it. And so this morning I'm asking you, if you're barely holding on, you feel like that you're caught up in life storms, you feel like that you're falling, that Jesus offers a lifeline. He offers a rescue. And he just says, reach out your hand and grab it. You know, we've been talking about this good news message of Jesus and how it's not just for us, it is for everyone. And I wanna encourage you today. I wanna encourage you this week. Maybe there's somebody that needs to know this that needs to know that in the middle of their storm that God has not left them, but he loves them. And so I wanna just ask you, 
Would you consider texting somebody this week? Would you consider calling somebody this week? Would you consider grabbing coffee with somebody this week and just share them this hope-filled message that, hey, in the middle of your storm, you're not alone. God's with you and I'm with you too. How can I help you? Because this good news message of hope is worth sharing. Jesus has power over all your storms. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus. I thank you that in the middle of the storms that we're not alone. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.